welcome to the Root Horror Podcast, episode 76. And today's episode is a great episode. I had a chance to talk to actor, writer, director Rob Mello, and as well as uh, Rebecca Reinhardt, who is also an actress, uh, writer, and director. So it was a lot of fun talking to them about uh, the films that they've worked on and the future projects that, uh, that are going to be coming up here. And uh, as well as the horror genre. But uh, before we get into the episode, real quick, uh, I just want to mention Midwest Monster Fest presents Halfway to Halloween Convention. It'll take place at the Rock Island County Fair. So this one's going to be similar to the pop up horror market, I think. But I mean, from the sounds of it, it might be a little bit bigger. I. I, I don't know. Uh, there's very little info right now that's uh, that's being announced uh, as far as like you know celebrity guests and uh, and the vendors and whatnot. But they did post up that it is happening. It's going to be an, an event that's happening May 13th at 4 p.m. to May 14th. So it'll be a two-day event. Uh, and it's going to be at the Rock Island County Fair, just like uh, the pop-up horror market was earlier this year. So uh, keep up to date with the event and announcements at www.midwestmonsterfest.com or follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Midwest Monster Fest. Uh, also, we have a Rude Horror Radio Presents moment uh, tomorrow, November 13th. Wake Brewing and Ragged Records presents Exhumed, Creeping Death, Bewitcher, Enforced at the Raccoon Motel in Davenport, Iowa. It is a sold-out event. That's why I didn't really uh, announce it much uh, on these uh, episodes leading up to the concert because you know it's sold out very quickly. But uh, I just want to mention it because I'll be going tomorrow night and uh, hope to uh, see some of you there for my uh, quad cities listeners just uh stop by if you see me and say what's up or something but uh i also want to mention uh if you didn't get your ticket do not worry the same night another concert is going on in davenport iowa it's going to be first jason with special guests switchblade saturdays jallows and dead ginger so you can meet the original Jason Voorhees. Ari Lehman is the uh, front man of the band First Jason. And uh, so, you know, you have your chance to meet the original Jason Voorhees. And, uh, you know, you can get your picture taken with uh, the machete-wielding murderer of your choice in the photo booth. So uh, it's, it sounds like an amazing time. Kind of sucks that it's going on the same night that Exhumed is because I, you know, I'm already going to Exhumed, but it would have been awesome to see that band. So, you know, that sounds like a great time as well. So, uh, if you're looking for something to do tomorrow night, uh, Saturday, November 13th, go check it out. It's at the Village Theater in Davenport, Iowa. The doors uh, are open at from 7, and then the show starts at 8. Tickets are $12 in advance or $15 the night of the show. So uh, if you're in the Quad Cities area or want to travel to the Quad Cities area, that's definitely a awesome time to be had. And then uh, lastly, I want to mention uh, Wake Brewing and Ragged Records presents another concert. 
metal bands Blood Incantation, Primitive Man, and Everlasting Light will be at the Raccoon Motel Friday, December 3rd at 8 p.m. Now, this event will uh, require a COVID vaccine uh, registration card or uh, and show proof of a negative COVID testing 72 hours prior to the show in order to get into the show. Uh, but the tickets are available. So you can get the advanced tickets online at tixer.com or you can get hard tickets at Ragged Records in the Quad Cities. And again, uh, Tixer is spelled T-I-X-R.com. And uh, get your tickets online, get them ahead, and uh, should be a great time if you're in the Quad Cities as well. But uh, without further ado, let's just get right into the episode where I uh, have a conversation with Rob Mello and Rebecca Reinhardt. Hello, I'm here with actor, writer, director Rob Mello. He's been in films such as Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day to You as John Tomes. Uh, he's also been in a film called The Magnificent Seven and Friday the 13th, Vengeance 2, Bloodlines. And, uh, and we're also here with actress, writer, director Rebecca Reinhardt. And she's been in movies such as Sharks of the Corn, Carousel 2, Fright Vision, and they both have uh, worked on a film called The Embalmers together. Yeah. So uh, welcome to the show, Rob and Rebecca. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, uh, you know, before maybe we dive into uh, some of the films that you both have worked on, um, what what got you both into the horror genre? Um. For me, by accident, uh, it was just, you know, another film, you know, to do. And then once I realized, it, truth be told, it's the fans. Uh, because there's no other genre that has, I mean, yes, they're crazy. But it's crazy good, not crazy bad, you know. And they're loyal as fuck. But it's, I've never come across a group of people that want to see heads dismembered, but have hearts of gold at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People that are like fans of romantic comedies, for instance, you know, they're, it's not like they're monolithic, but in a way they are, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm one of those crazy people who get glee at seeing people get dismembered um i started as a fan so i've been a lifelong horror fan and uh started actually in podcasting and on youtube and started interviewing um low budget horror directors and um actors and and uh just kind of became one became one yeah <laughs> <laughs> essentially yes nice nice yeah so like you know but before getting into uh like acting and, and uh working on films like what what were some of the films that like uh you know watching when you're younger maybe like what were some films like you know what like this is what i like to watch like this is this is the shit um 
you know, and then this is, you know, what got you into like wanting to uh, become an actor and, and so forth. Was there any films that kind of stuck out to you? Not really. Uh, My path is not the usual. Um, I got into it because I needed another job. I needed to make a couple extra bucks and it turns out I was really good at it. So I just, you know, I learned the craft of it and because it is an art form and I just, uh, I went to class and studied and studied my ass off and realized, you know, a a lot of acting is people watching without engaging Mm -hmm. and, you know, translating how, how somebody stands, for instance, you can interpret so much just by how someone stands. And so in order to uh, come up with the backstory, the, you know, the everything of creating a character, it's very, very psychological. And that really attracted me. I don't know about you. Well, for me, <laughs> movies inspired me. Um, I am I am a true horror geek. So um, mm-hmm. my my passion in my franchise is Friday the 13th. I'm Jason's girl. Lord knows. And uh, so Friday the 13th part two stands out as one of my um, but you know, a lot of movies like American Werewolf in London, I saw a featurette on entertainment tonight where they were showing the transformation and it was the first time, you know, when I was of a certain age, cause I am of a certain age <laughs> that I, I realized that there, you know, there were things that went into the scary things, um, intrigued me. And, um, yeah, like I said, I, I just always, I've always been more drawn to low budget horror though. Um, so that's, I think, why my passion lies in that as an adult. Salem's Lot, I would say, for me, was like the first scary film I was allowed to watch as a kid. I wasn't even allowed to watch one. Hmm. So I listened to it, you know, from the top of the stairs and heard, you know, my mother, you know, ah, screeching and screaming and shit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, what, you know, what, what is this? What are they into? You know, uh, it piques my curiosity. It's sort of the cookie jar effect, you know, mm-hmm. and uh the first one I was allowed to watch was Salem's Lot. And, you know, my dad, we watched it in the basement, me and my brothers. And my dad ran around the outside of the fucking house, unbeknownst to all any of us. And he was scratching on the, on the, uh, the, and, and then he'd move to another windowsill and scratch that one. And what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Oh my God. Oh my God. And then when Nosferatu, you know, come out and was like, <laughs> I shit my pants, boy, and I was just, ooh, baby. <laughs> I feel like I would have gotten along with your dad really well. <laughs> yeah, you would have. <laughs> he he super hot chicks, so absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, like, you know, uh, w- with with you two, like, how did you guys meet and then, you know, uh, ultimately worked on uh, the film The Embalmers? Um. So I I was, had been acting um, and kind of was getting into producing. So I kind of started with promoting. Like I, I got I, I could promote movies and people started wanting to pay me for it. So um, I was producing a movie and had, you know, a Facebook group or something for it. And it had a cool story, some, you know. Some really cool good stuff. concept art. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it was a cool concept. And um, Rob, I guess, was probably my Facebook friend, but I never, you know, we never interacted really. And he just sent me, like, cast me. Like, well, hell yeah. You know, I didn't really know him, but I, th- what I knew of him was 
that he was a fan favorite, that every posted that they met him at a con was like, this is the greatest guy ever, blah, 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 you know? And I'm like, you know, we're making this small movie or whatever. Like, this is, you know, that is a key to it. You know, let's cast him. And the, the writer-director was like, no, I can't afford it, even though Rob was, like, willing to work for nothing. And, well, basically nothing. <laughs> well, right. So, uh... So basically, I, I had a huge falling out with that filmmaker, and my sister had been working on like producing that together, and we had like some ideas, and you know, we were like, you know what, fuck it, like let's just make our own damn. And that's well, Rob. I'm like, I'm gonna have a movie. Um, there will be a place for you in it if you want. And <laughs> stick with me, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, he didn't have to stick with me for long because when I de- when I'm determined to do something, I do something. So within a year well, and a half, we were done. Um, written, shot, edited, done. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And shit right there. Yeah. And The Embalmers is not the greatest thing. It's not really my story to tell. It's like not my type of genre. Um, it was really like my sister's brainchild. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, we just had a lot of friends who, um, you know, were actors and very talented right yeah i mean we actually have a pretty awesome crew here in the midwest and we just gathered all of our forces and um you know and goddamn we made a a movie in the middle of of a pandemic (laughs) and actually we launched the indiegogo on march 13th because it was friday the third you know Hmm. and uh the whole world shut down march 16th that monday (laughs) that was when literally like every restaurant closed and everything else yeah, so I mean, if you want to talk about an insurmountable task, ill-timed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not that you know. It, it, that's I mean, you can't foresee such things, but still, it was yeah. In retrospect, very ill-timed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like things couldn't have gone at, uh, at a worse time, right? Oh yeah, and we had such great oh, momentum, yeah. and for the first two days of the Indiegogo, it's oh like, man, we made most of our money in those first two days before everybody found out that they were going to be losing their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sadly. Yeah. It's like, well, you might but, have a I job, mean, but, you know, this is going to be an awesome movie to, to be watched. And you know what? We're going to deliver, damn it. <laughs> yeah. And and we did. And that, that was the shit of it. Uh, going in, uh, in into an indie anything project. Um, because Happy Death Day originally was an indie horror film. But... You know they had a they had a decent budget. It wasn't a good budget. It was five million dollars, and you which know. was considerably higher than the embalmer's budget. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going in, uh, I didn't and I, I, I had never met Rebecca or anybody for that matter. Uh, but I, I knew them. You know, we've spoke and all that. So it was a bit of trust involved uh, because you know. Uh, you stick my name on it. I'm not saying I'm fucking De Niro or anything, but my name can raise a couple bucks. Not much, but a couple. And, and so, you know, putting my name on it, which uh, we didn't technically do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Robert Walker has had made his film debut mm-hmm. um, on The Embalmers. He now has an IMDb page. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, you know, she had never directed anything. Uh, they had never written anything. You know, uh, I helped. I helped write a scene or two um, that I'm actually rather proud of uh, because it's a really good idea. You know, because every scene 
has an arc to the overall arc of the fucking story. Uh, but, you know, uh, going in, I had no idea what to expect. But Rebecca so had her shit together, uh, you know, on, for instance, Happy Death Day. You know, there's, there's an AD. You know, there's a script supervisor. There's this, 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 you know, all these tasks that, event, you know, ultimately fall on the director's head. But they can usually, you know, uh, uh, delegate, that? delegate. Thank you. That was not a word that was used on my set. No, I was I was taking out the trash, running to the store at five in the morning to get water. Washing dishes. Shooting. Washing dishes. Yeah. So yelling at people at three in the morning. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she she really just had her shit together so much. And I've worked with some really great directors, but they were able to delegate. So I, I, in my mind, I'm like, if she had the ability, you know, if, if she had underlings, you know, gophers and whatnot to, to delegate to how much, how much easier would her life have been, you know, shooting that fucking movie and, oh my God, time out. Ah, this phone's ringing. But yeah, essentially, once we were done with the embalmers, uh, we were just kind of bullshitting. Um, and, you know, it's like we hadn't even wrapped like hour, like a few hours earlier. And he's like, so what's the next movie going to be, Rebecca? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> and I said, you know, if I'm going to make a movie again, it's going to be my movie. It's going to be a movie that I feel passionate about. And that's going to be a slasher, a camp slasher. And um, that was like my number one thing, but I had a couple of things that I wanted to add. And one was I didn't want the protagonists to be a bunch of dippy teenagers, like going to spring break on their daddy's dime. I wanted like people, I think I said, I want people with beer guts and mortgages and problems. And kids. Yeah, and kids and all that stuff. Um, There's another proviso that I can't tell what it is, but then I said that and he just goes, I'm gonna write it. I'm like, all right, well, you know, you know, we were drunk, whatever. We didn't even remember, like, two days later, he's like, what were those ideas you had about a movie? Like, <laughs> and, like, it took us a couple days to figure it out. But, yeah, lo and behold, uh, the next month he came up here, and we spent about a month, and he wrote the script. And, um, yeah, so that was that was how Tin Roof came to pass, and that's going to be our next movie. Nice. Like, we, we haggled for a week over kills. And it was, it was really, it was really like a, a bohemian, you yeah. know, vacation. We even bought berets. Yeah. Because, Just, you know, like I'm on one end, <laughs> like she's on one end of the table editing the film we just finished. And I'm on the other end of the table writing the next film we're going to do. And it felt really like I wanted to go get coffee in Soho and shit, you know. <laughs> It was re it was a really good uh, it was a really good thing uh, to get done because I mean I, I between coffee and rum intermittently depending on the mood that shit got written in four days eighty eight pages in four days wow that's impressive yeah. we did do a lot of work after that on dialogue there is a character named Becca who was a little bit of a sarcastic shithead there may be some similarities. <laughs> You know, but we did a, we did a lot of like dialogue type stuff at the table because he'd say, "Well, okay, here's what you know, Brian, her her husband's gonna say," and I'm like, "Well, this is what she's gonna say. She's gonna say, hey, I got the dick pic this morning.' 
Like, you know, that's a line in it because, yeah. <laughs> right? So we did, so so a lot of the dialogue becomes very natural, which is something you don't see in a lot of slashers. Right, right. Um, so you I think there's going to be- any slashers, I think there's going to be a lot of dimension to this. We've got a great cast. Uh, we had a little bit of a setback. We were going to film this past September, but our lives went uh, very crazy. <laughs> very crazy uh, direction. So we are filming at a Boy Scout camp. So of course we have to do it on an off season. Um, and so our next chance will be at May. So we are, we are now planning on doing it in May before the, before the boys get there, mm. as opposed to the end of the, the Boy Scout season, the camping season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Time just always we're shooting seems... it in, uh, Indiana. In Indiana. Yeah. Nice. And th- yes. And that's another big thing that, um, that we're trying to start. I was trying to start this before COVID. Um, there are a lot of really talented people in Indiana. Yeah. And we don't have tax incentives here for film. And it keeps a lot of people from making films here. So even not even just the smaller films that we can make ourselves, when you're talking about like Netflix is going to go make a movie, well, they're going to go film in Cincinnati because they can get tax credits and they know that there's a bunch of people who live there who can do the job. They're not going to film in Indiana because they don't get tax credits and there's no absolutely no visibility for any of the filmmakers that live here. And so one of the things we're trying to do is really uh, foster the whole idea of independent film in Indiana um, and really start putting the spotlight on some of the people that we've been working with who are great and trying to eventually uh, put put a little pressure on the legislature, legislature. you know, and get get some tax credit passed. And, you know, that will that will attract smaller, uh, you know, studios. Which, you know, like Hoosers was shot here, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, among other films. But that's like the big one, you know, and everybody's like, you know, hey, you remember when Hoosiers came to town? Yeah, like and, 30 you know. freaking years ago. Right. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. We want, Up to date, you know, the, everybody that was in that film is either dead or in the fucking home. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and relatively the same thing happened when I started acting in, I was in Florida, I was living in Tampa and I guarantee about 98% of the class, the acting class that I was in, you've seen those people in various shows, you know, The Walking Dead, Fear, The Walking Dead, uh, original, I mean, you you name the TV show, somebody in my class was in it, Nice, you know, and, uh, we all had to disperse because Florida did away with their tax credits and all the productions left. All of them. The Glades. I mean, think about the shows that have been shot in Florida, Miami Vice, for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the a... Tuck was down there. You know what I mean? So, like, we all had to disperse. We had to go where the work was. And that was, you know, L.A., New York, Atlanta, New Orleans. And, you know, Detroit is... is in Chicago, yeah. you know, Chicago with all the cop stuff and, you know, PD, FDNY, you know, all that, <laughs> it's it's a bit of a hub, but I'd, I'd really love to show and, you know, expose the beauty of this state and the talent of the local people. And so we, we come up with a, a kind of a, a logo or, or a, I don't know. A icon, concept, a, yeah. A concept of I squared. And it's uh, indie, the state, indie films. Mm. So, I squared films. Okay. And uh, Rebecca's a bit of a mathematician, 
And so when, when, you know, that light bulb hit my head, I come running to her and I'm like, dude, I got a concept. And she's like, what? And I told her, I was like, dude, I squared. And she's like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever I did not say that. <laughs> I did and, and dude, my, my fucking heart sunk straight out my asshole. I did not say that. <laughs> Something akin. You, she was not a fan. I'll put it like that. But it's grown on her, thankfully, because it's a it's a good concept, you know, and it's a good idea. And fuck it, let's get this, you know, let's kick this pig. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> she's she's mean behind maybe, closed doors. I maybe was maybe my thought was okay, honey. That's a great idea. Now let's finish this damn script we're trying to pick out, and then we'll come up with these conceptual things later. She that was more likely. <laughs> she beats me. <laughs> she, she was focused on the script, and Rob was yeah, like, "Yeah, hey. I'm, I'm a little bit of a taskmaster." Oh, well, that that's that's what we're going with. Okay. Yeah. Or I, I don't just know. don't hit me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> for the record she, does, she doesn't beat me <laughs> just in case right just in case just anybody's in case. listening <laughs> well uh, you know uh just maybe speaking back to the embalmers uh it, you know you mentioned that that one had like an indiegogo campaign um is there uh anywhere that like you know people could actually pick up a copy of the film if they wanted to check it out um, so the plan had been, um, uh, we, you know, had copies of it for all of our backers. Um, and then I, I've just been self-distributing. I just have a box and, uh, you know, people just send me money via PayPal and I just send them the movies, which is not the most efficient thing to do. Um, but uh, the plan had been that we, we both of us had a lot of conventions scheduled for this season and... Most of them kind of fell through because he uh, ended up filming in Texas for most of the con season. Um, and I was taking care of his kids full time. So that kind of made it to where I wasn't able to do uh, <laughs> conventions either. So so that, that was kind of our plan was to sell a lot of them at conventions. And we did. And some of our actors did as well. But yeah. um, I think now coming back around, yes, if anyone wants to, you know, purchase it, they can always uh, just message me on Facebook. Um, but I think that what I'd like to do is just to try to get it on a streaming service and just put it out there for free and just get it out there for people to watch at this point in time. Yeah. Right on. Well, should we divulge? Oh, fuck it. They're not going to listen anyway. It's, it, it's, it was a non-union shoot, and oh, yeah. uh, I'm a union member. With, thus why Robert Walker mm -hmm. uh, got the credit. The acting credit, not the writing credit, though. Right. Rob Mello still gets the, the writing credit. But um, that way SAG wouldn't jump my ass about, you know, uh, doing non-union stuff. But, you know, that's kind of why we couldn't, distribute you know using the usual methods uh right and again that was a covid thing because we had every intention of signing on to do like the new media you know mm -hmm. and um yeah but that's a thousand dollars a day in no testing, not, at least. not the one the one that we we were gonna do was only 125 a day but because of the covid restrictions uh it was just so cost prohibitive like you have to you'd have to test everybody you know every other day all that stuff we just mm -hmm. there was no way we could afford it so um yeah so there was another there was another hurdle for us so yes we haven't 
actually, I mean, I've been approached by distributors, but, you know, we really can't distribute in the normal way. But, you know, I'm thinking just, you know, if I can get it on Tubi or something like that, just to get it out there and have people see it, um, that's probably my next step. Right. Just kind of like an, an extra avenue for, you know, people to check out your stuff. And then if you guys, are, you know, happen to make more films down the road, like, oh, yeah, I oh, see. There's no happen, my friend. That's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, you know, another Because, I mean, way. dude, between between the two of us, and I know we don't know, know each other personally, but I'm telling you, between the two of us, if we get something in our head to, to do, uh, you know, as individuals, uh, as people, uh, I'm going to do this. It's, it's fucking done. It's all over but the crying, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, so now there's two of us, <laughs> not just one of us. So, ooh, baby. I think stubborn is the word that he wants to use, but yes. We are very stubborn when we get something in our head. So, <laughs> and then also, just for the other actor's sake, I really do want to have a little bit, I want to get it out there a little more, um, because we had a really great cast. We had Alice Winkler, Andy Collins, Jessa Flux, you know, some of these people who, you know, they want to get their work shown as well. And that's one thing that kind of happens a lot when you're an indie film is you go out there and you do something, and you know you don't know if it's ever going to see the light of day. Mm-hmm. You don't, um, you don't know if you're ever going to get your fucking real footage. Right. I mean, you don't know if it's going to get off of somebody's SD card or, you know, or whatever. And so, you know, I've had several of those, and so I don't want my actors to feel like what they did just is like just stuck in a box. It's yeah. like I would like All for, for them not, to be yeah. able to say, "Hey, you know, grandma, my movie's on Tubi. You can watch it for free." Yeah, I'm on TV, ma. <laughs> because uh like uh Growing up, it, it always felt like it didn't matter what I did. My dad would never say, that's my kid, you know, that's my boy kind of thing. And um, <laughs> sadly, as he was dying, we watched the Patriots game because that's what we're into. And we lost, but that's cool. We still got to watch one more game together. And they moved him to the final room in the hospital. And, you know, I said bye, and, you know, the, wor- the nurse is wheeling him down the hallway, and, and I heard him as, he's, as she's wheeling him. Do you know who that is, honey? That's my son, Robert. He's, he's a famous actor. He's on TV and stuff. And I promptly lost my shit, ran straight to the closest bar, and, yes, promptly got drunk. But I never... <clears throat> I never realized how proud he was of me. And that's, that's one of the things that we really want our, uh, our talent and not just our talent, you know, our cinematographer, Sam, uh, you know, our sound, Charlie, uh, just everybody that was involved, the makeup folks, supremely fucking talented. And we really want to expose that. And, you know, I'm just, like, damn the torpedoes, let's do it, you know? Damn, yeah, man. That's What's up, handsome? Oof. I'm talking to my kid, not you, uh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, whoa. Uh, complete turn from <laughs> what, what you are just saying. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm into it, but you'd have yeah. to shave, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I man, All when right. I shave, yeah. I, it's like back the next day. I got a full-grown beard the next day. It's crazy. Um, 
Oh, you're teen wolf and shit, huh? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Me, I uh, I, I go I go through gradients. Uh, like I, I've had a beard for a minute, and like because of the show I booked, I had to keep it grown and let it. Mm-hmm. But when I got back home, dude, I was like, "Baby, I'm shaving this fucking thing." He was like, he was like full blown, blown like full blown like Grizzly Adams. Like it was, it, <laughs> it was, it was getting the, wider the, than long. It was the just... brawny towel guy. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, I buzzed that. I had to go outside to buzz it off. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't clog, you know, toilets and whatnot. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, dude, I lose 30 years when I shave. Like, I get carded for cigarettes when I shave. <laughs> That's a good thing, right? Make, makes you feel like you're younger. Mm. Uh, well, I suppose. Well, like, you know, I, I know, like, a lot of my listeners probably uh, know you as uh, John Tomes from Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. Um, is there... Tombs, as in, I'm going to put you in one. Right, yeah, tombs. Yeah. Um, you know, is, is there anything that you want to uh, <laughs> talk about uh, those films and working on them that, you know, either maybe you haven't said before or, you know... You probably have talked mm. to everybody about this film, but you know, is there anything that you'd like to um, maybe say on here? I don't know. What would you like to know? Uh, hmm. Um. Uh. Sorry, Beck, but I'm madly in love with Ruby. Um. She's my future ex-wife, Ruby Modine. <laughs> um. She played the roommate. Um. I'm too old. She would never go for it. <laughs> well, I don't know. Then again, herb in the Hollywood Hills, you never know. Uh, <laughs> but, um... Poor Becca. No, uh, they're, they're, they're all just great folks, you know. Um, I haven't really been on very many sets where, you know, people are just assholes. Uh... 99.9% of the actors I've ever come in contact with are just cool as fuck. You know, all the way from Pratt down to the guy that you don't know. Um, they're just cool as shit. You know, they're just artists and they want to make a good film, you know, a good showing, uh, create a compelling character. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of shit involved in that film. Um, one thing, uh, one thing that's good about being the bad guy is, and, you know, being a, a professional alcoholic is, uh, you get to go on set with a hangover and they think you're prepping for your role. <laughs> and so when you walk around with a scowl on your face because you've got a raging headache and you're just stomping around and just want to get to your fucking room. Oh my God, he's so massive. Oh Jesus, he's so brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but I fucked up and, you know, the, the honey wagons is what they call them. You know, it's the rooms, the trailers. And I fucked up and went in the wrong one. So I, I go get to my room with my breakfast burrito and shit and my coffee and water. And, I'm like, whose fucking bra is this? What the fuck? You know what I mean? There's chick clothes here. And I'm like, wait a fucking second. What the fuck? 
I, I look in the bathroom. Nobody's there. I'm like, is somebody fucking with me? I was in the wrong room. I was in Jess's room. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So how do I get out of here without, you know? Right, right. So I poke, you know, you open the door, you poke your head out, and just like nobody's nobody's around. All right, cool. Bolt. <laughs> like your ass is on fire. Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because whoops. Right, right. Honest, honest and innocent mistake that could very much be misinterpreted. And I'm glad I, I didn't get caught, but I'm telling on myself now, so. Right. Well, you know, at least like, you know. Andy has a built-in Halloween costume. Yeah, I, I don't ever have to buy another Halloween costume, ever. I just wear sweatpants. Nice. <laughs> That's what I said. She's kind of pissy about that. Yeah. I say it's a little lazy. <laughs> yeah, it works. It works. You know, like with that film, uh, when I watched it, uh, you know, it it's a great like slasher film that you know really hasn't been done before just you know the you know in terms of the day keeps repeating itself until you know she finds out who the killer is but uh you know like uh, your portrayal as as a uh like psychotic uh killer uh, i i just thought like your performance was great and um you know just just the fact that uh, you know, there, there's so many other slashers out there that uh, have different origin stories, uh, but yours, mm-hmm. yours is like you're a real person. You're not like you know, Freddy comes out of people's dreams or nightmares and kills people. Like you're a you know a person that you know could actually, you know, something that could actually happen exist exist. Yes, mm-hmm. right. And that that was one of the points that we made uh, in the scene by the elevator uh where tree has the gun and you know homeboy tries to beat me up and then i snap his fucking little twisty neck (laughs) um which by the way when my kids watched it they were like dad you turned his face all the way around oh my god i'm like fucking yes i did (laughs) (laughs) but um when i when i pull the mask off uh as we were getting ready to shoot it, you know, me and Chris had a talk and he was like, dude, I don't, I'm not sure if you're aware, but the masked killer never gets to reveal his face. And if he does, he's always disfigured. It's never just a a man's face. Mm -hmm. So I need you to give me the most creepy, uh, just give me the fucking willies. I'm sitting behind the camera. Give me the willies looking at you and as you you look at Tree. And so I I did. I'm not going to reveal, you know, my thoughts as I looked at her. Mm -hmm. But you can imagine, you know. And so, like, as I pulled it off, I, I up and downed her. And I know the shit that creeps women out. Mm -hmm. And, um actually when i hit her with the pillow you know she's got the gun to my face at the in the hotel room or hotel (laughs) the hospital room (laughs) excuse me uh you know and i beat the shit out of her and then you know she eventually shoots me um when i slammed her up against the door i had a as i was reading the script which was a really it, it was a tough read you know because of the the loop 
you know, you've got to use your imagination. And um, there was no impetus for this little sorority girl to act in an offensive, you know, sort of manner, uh, you know, kneeing me in the nuts, which is what, you know, it called for. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I talked to Chris a couple of days before we shot and I was just like, dude, that doesn't make sense. You know, I want to try something that would be a good impetus. He's like, what you got in mind? And I'm like, dude, women detest two things that are just, it, it's, it's fucking skeevy as shit to them. Sniffing them and then uh, like licking their skin. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, I, I've got an idea. I want to try it on, you know, the first shot. And he's like, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. And I snatched her up and slammed her against the fucking door. And I looked at her and I, I run my nose up her neck and I said, I bet you taste like cotton candy. <laughs> and then I took a step back and then I licked her face. And I was like, I'll be damned you do. And she straight need me square in the nuts. Luckily, I had a cup on, but, you know, and then the, the scene commenced and we finished. We never did another take of that because I don't blame her. I wouldn't want me licking my face another 12 times for another 12 takes either. But <laughs> <laughs> so that never made it in the movie, dude. But it's a, wow. uh, it's a good story. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely would have like up the ante on like the creepiness. Uh, but, you know, what we ultimately oh, yeah. see, uh, I think, you know, could almost equally be as good. I mean, like, you know, it was really creepy still what, you know, ultimately was shown on the screen. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd almost... Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> wouldn't mind, I guess, maybe seeing that scene. That, creep, that see creeps how, you out as a guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of did creep me out a little bit. Uh, just, right. Like, you I know, could sense that, you know what I mean? That, that's... Like I could sense right. the it's a real world kind of thing, you know. And I mean, I'm not a creepy guy. I I understand though, as an actor, what creeps people out. But like, I know, I hesitate to say it, but I know women because they're human. You know what I mean? Uh, and and I understand what would creep them out, you know? So like watching them and, and just what was on screen alone, uh, when I went to take my kids to see it, you know, at the premiere, not, not the LA premiere, but you know, the, the general release premiere, um, I took my girls to, to go see it. And I mean, the place was packed out with kids their age. And like when I pulled the mask off, these, two girls behind us was like, oh my God, who the fuck is that? And I turn around, I'm like, it's me. Now shut the fuck up. You're ruining the movie. <laughs> and then, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it it was creepy enough uh, with, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it was over the top. I don't, I don't blame her for not wanting to get licked 13 fucking times. <laughs> but it would have been really cool. I think it would have really added to the film, but... I'm happy with what we got, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, What what's in the film uh, 
definitely works. You know, I kind of repeated myself, but uh, yeah, I your scenes are fantastic, and uh, thank you, bro. Uh, just you know, to kind of uh, lighten the heart of of uh, the film, like uh, you know, when I, I met you at a uh, Midwest Monster Fest. Um, I had shown my daughter that film. I'm like, hey, you know, we we're gonna meet Rob, the uh, the killer from Happy Death Day, and you know, so she watched the film and she just absolutely <laughs> loved it. And uh, you know, her getting uh, her picture taken with you <laughs> made her day. Um, and then ultimately, You're, she well, thank you. <laughs> ultimately, she's like, that's what she wanted to be for Halloween. So we had to get the mask and the zip up hoodie and everything. Oh. So. That's who, uh, <laughs> oh. so I, I have you to thank Rob. That's sweet. <laughs> well, uh, no, thank you, you know, for exposing your kiddo to, to, you know, the genre. And, uh, and that ultimately that's what I want to do in this career is I, I, I don't give a fuck about money. Ask Beck. Uh, I'll, I throw money left and right when I have it. <laughs> But like, I want to do. I want to be able to score that that role of you know the Captain Jack Sparrow, and go to hospitals as Captain Jack Sparrow or whatever the role is, you know, and just make kids smile and right, you know, make make life a little easier for people. Right. Yeah. You know, like I'm. You know, I'm I'm a horror fan at heart, and you know, I watched films from a young age you know i watched like nightmare on elm street as a kid and so you know i thought it was important to at least show like my kids like you know you don't have to like the horror genre but let's just let's try watching a film you know and you know yeah. my my kids i think uh like the genre like my my little three-year-old she i think she just loves clowns in general so like she was pennywise this year she just she loves pennywise <laughs> Uh, killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> she loves those clowns. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't show her like the hard. You're raising them right. Then. <laughs> I don't show them like the hardcore uh, gore stuff, but uh, I kind of like to show them like the lighter hearted stuff a little bit. And it's up to them whether they want to. Yeah, my. You know, I got my daughter started as a toddler and I'm, you know, people would poo poo on me for it. And I'm like, my kid's mature enough to be able to handle it. My kid likes it. So shush. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Some kids can't handle it. Some kids can. Right. And, and that's, I think the difference, uh, when, you know, people look down on parents that show horror films to their kids. It's like, you know, if I knew that they didn't like it or if it was too much for them, I wouldn't continue to show that to them. You know what I mean? Right. Like I just, you know, I know the difference. Tell them to go so. fuck themselves. <laughs> or that. That's my kid. Right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> is the funny thing. You, you can expose your kid to a god who ki who commits genocide, but I can't, I can't show you a clown that fucking likes to disembowel two people. <laughs> <laughs> go fuck yourself. Right. <laughs> Didn't mean to get theological. Sorry. Nah, you're good. You're good. But, I mean, I'm not lying. Nah. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so uh, speaking of like dismemberments and whatnot, uh, Rob, <laughs> <laughs> that was a fucking intelligent segue, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Move over Conan. (laughs) Right. I'm just uh, trying to keep the flow happening. Maybe the blood flow. Go for it, brother. Go for it. What's he got? Um, So Friday the 13th, Vengeance 2, Bloodlines. You worked on that film. Uh, And that one's got uh, quite the cast for uh, a Friday the 13th fan film. Uh, A bunch of talentless hacks, yes. A bunch of people that he had no idea who they were until I had to school them on who they all were. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm I'm outside the hotel and Tommy McLaughlin walks by. And, you know, I had a scene in in the morning with him. I didn't know who the fuck he was. Uh, But I'm outside smoking a cigarette and I'm like, some fucking hippie dude walked by me. And fucking said, hey, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to talk to my chick. And I'm like, you know, I kind of scowled at him. But then, you know, the next day I've got a fucking scene with him. And he was the greatest, the greatest dude to have a scene with because we just bullshat. Uh, Jason Brooks, the director, he, he didn't really, he trusted us to be able to uh, convey the energy of the scene. Because the words, really, words are really unimportant in acting. And we just, we just fucking riffed all day. And, like, I'm surprised the cameraman held the damn thing still enough to get a shot. Because he was, we, he called cut and, the, and, like, the camera dropped. Everybody just stopped cackling top volume. So I'm just, <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess we got the characters down. Because... <laughs> Uh, I, I was on comedic relief, I think, and uh, so is Tom. But I'm really looking forward to working with Tom in the future because, you know, we talked. And I was like, dude, if you ever have something you're directing again, fucking let me let me audition. He's like, oh, no, you ain't got to audition, baby. I got that. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Nice. Just because of the way we worked so well together, you know? That's awesome, man. I, I can't wait to check that one out whenever oh, I can. Oh, man. And, and I mean, you know, CJ, I mean, uh, that was the first time working with CJ. You know, we, we'd done uh, conventions and shit and hung out and had breakfast and all sorts of shit together. But when you actually work with somebody, it's a totally different animal, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, it, it, you know, him, Brooks, uh, just so many Darcy, uh so many different uh supremely talented folks that are just well legendary to a lot of people including uh a certain someone sitting here (laughs) um you know it was just i I really wanted to like snap a photo and and send it to beck and be like are you jealous yet (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) She's like, no, I met that motherfucker in 1980. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, well, it's what's kind of funny. Uh, she's not a rookie. <laughs> so, what's kind of funny for me is like, I mean, not really funny, but uh, I, I guess ironically, like I've I both have met you at uh, horror conventions, but like uh, Becca, I don't necessarily know like if we like talked at a convention, but I. Uh, remember seeing her at a Halloween Palooza one year, and I just remember like we just like walked past each yeah. other, and like I recognized you. I, I don't think I ever said anything to you, but it's just it's kind of funny how like 
within the horror genre, the horror circle, if you will, like <laughs> how things work out. And then, you know, ultimately we're the community, you know, we're here on my podcast <laughs> of all places. Yeah. I, like I like to say, it's a shallow gene pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, we, yes, we all tend to circle back around to each other. <laughs> whether, whether we think about it or not. It's, well, it's yeah. similar energies, you know, Sure. But yeah, I, I wouldn't have said shit to her either. She can be a little intimidating when she walks by you. <laughs> she's got that that face where you just like you you take a quick look because she's hot, but then oh shit, look down, she might fucking stab you in the throat. Yeah. She <laughs> okay. she just looked focused and determined on what she's doing. Like ah, better not not better not bother her. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> She has that quality, my friend. <laughs> but once you get past, you know, the murderous rage thing, <laughs> she's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you Aww. make it past that point, I right? know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if, exactly. Nah, she's squishy as fuck. She just doesn't like to say so. <laughs> uh, so am I, for that matter. I'm way squishier than her. <laughs> yes. I am. I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for happy endings and, you know, love movies and stuff. I've forced her to watch Titanic a couple of mm. times. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Much much to her chagrin. Yeah. Uh, but she did <laughs> it. Like, can't we just watch my bloody Valentine? That's kind of a love movie. <laughs> <laughs> Return of the Living Dead Part Three. But That's no, a love story. We gotta watch Squishy shit with Celine Dion and <laughs> oh, puke. Oh jeez. She loves it, even though she mm, No, I don't, but she's anyway. <laughs> plotting my death right now. <laughs> <laughs> Get, get another movie script lined up. Um, there you go. So uh, she's squishy. <laughs> uh, so you know, uh, Rebecca has uh, several films in pre-production and in post-production right now. Uh, is there anything else that mm -hmm. you can say about any of your upcoming films, or is it things kind of tight wrapped right now and can't say anything? No. Um, so I just, I finished, uh, Sister Krampus. I don't even think that's on IMDb right now, but, um, it was a little bit of a bucket list. I worked with Mark Polonia, um, and did that in September, October and it was September, I think. And, um, it's actually coming out on SRS cinema, uh, this month, which I was surprised at the turnaround of that. Um, Later this month, I am going to New York. I've never been to New York City because I'm like a, you know, little Midwestern dork. And so I actually get to film in Manhattan uh, for a movie called Bishop's Cove. That New, I think York New York City. New York City. And uh, in January, I'll be working with my friend Jeremy Sumrall on a film called Hellfire, which is kind of a... It's actually not horror. It's more kind of an Andy Sedaris type over-the-top action movie. Okay. Um... But yeah, I don't I don't even know what I still have out there that hasn't come out yet, quite honestly, because I know that I think I have like fourteen like upcoming projects or something. Yeah, that, <laughs> the yeah, that's out though. Yeah. The list is like 
super long. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, got, definitely, definitely check some things off my bucket list this year, um, you know, because I've been, <laughs> now I will have been in two movies put out by SRS. I'm on the cover of a Wild Eye release, Fright Vision, you know. Nice, nice. So, um, mm. and then got to do Carousel the Second. I was a huge fan of the first one, and so it was <laughs> super awesome to be in, in the sequel. <laughs> nice, nice. And uh, Debbie Does Demons, directed by Donald Farmer. Is that one yep. still... Uh, yep. So yeah. uh, that one is a little problematic um, because it does have an investor, uh, like an actual investor, not like Indiegogo investors. Mm -hmm. um, and he's been hesitant to do anything with COVID. Uh, so we filmed the opening of it. Um, unfortunately, uh the uh, the gentleman who was in the opening with me and Jessa Flux, uh, he passed away. Um, Josephus Hudson, he's been in several of Donald's movies. Uh, he was a wrestler. He passed away an untimely death. Um, Rest in awesomeness. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of on hold right now because he was one of the main characters in it. So I'm not oh, sure I how uh, Don's going to... They changed that around um, as well. But yeah, it'll be fun once we get to it. Uh, Don's an awesome guy to work with. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I'm sorry for uh, the condolences to people surrounding him. Uh, yeah. I wasn't trying to turn this into a bummer. Oh, thing. no. Uh, no, no. Uh, no. When you talk about something called Debbie Does Demons, you don't ever think it's going to be a bummer. So don't worry about it. <laughs> um. No, it's just, you know, it, it, the projects involve humans and, you mm -hmm. know. Right, right. Um, well, what about you, Rob? Is there uh, anything that you can talk about, uh, about some of the stuff that's in post-production? I know you got something called uh, Quail Hollow, and then you also have something called Strange Love in the works. Mm -hmm. Could you talk about those by chance? or? Well, uh yeah, but as of late, I've been really getting into um, uh, gay orgy porn and what? Oh, wrong, wrong, yeah, wrong, wrong show. Wrong yeah. show. My bad, my bad. No, Thanks, um, folks. Thanks for Quail listening. Hollow. We no, shot a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, no, it, it was a uh, it was a cool little show um, with a Spanish director Javier uh, Del Prado. I think I, I think I massacred it pretty well. <laughs> really cool guy. Uh, it was his first director, you know, that's his directorial debut. Uh, but he's a, uh, by trade, he's a SFX guy, a visual F SFX. And I was, I was a human hunter in that show. Uh, I, yeah, it, yeah, that was pretty succinctly put. Nice. I, I hunted humans. That was my job. That was my character. And um, I got, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I have an untimely death, and it's really uh, kind of creep showy, actually. Uh, you remember the skit with uh, Stephen King when he turns into, like, Moss Man? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. Oh, okay. Um. Strange Love is a, a little shorty that I wrote. Um, I originally wrote it for the stage to be like a, you know, a one scene, one act uh, kind of show for just for my acting class that I was in. Because, you know, we had a little stage 
And then I'm like, fuck, that would be really easy to translate onto the screen. And so I did, and we shot it. Uh, it's in the can. It's being edited um, by my brother-in-law uh, out in North Carolina. And uh, hopefully he's still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I haven't heard much about that. I just got off. Uh, well, shit, I can talk about it anyways then. I'm already on that. Um, the uh, prequel for Yellowstone is the gig that I booked in Texas that, you know, I had been there for a minute. And um, it's called uh, Y1883. Oh, wow. And uh, ugh, I, I didn't even know Yellowstone was a damn TV show till I got the <laughs> till I got the audition. <laughs> Truth be told. It's actually quite but, a successful uh, TV show. It was, it was a tough... Yeah, yeah. It's a... It was a tough shoot. I ain't gonna lie. It's probably the toughest shoot I had I've had uh in my career mm. you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of conditions going on uh in the middle of Texas in the middle of summer you know mm-hmm. and uh you know there was just a lot of stuff going on a lot of moving parts and uh no negativity I'm not gonna say there was negativity but um conditions made it uh negative in my mind. So it was a great shoot, great folks and a uh, really good story. Great fucking writing. I mean, that man can write. I, you know, you get your daily, uh, sides, uh, in your room when you get, when you get to work in the morning and then, you know, you read them as you go through hair and whatnot. And just like, hold, I, I kept a few of them just so Beck could read them, you know, and I'm just like, dude, wow, Mm. this motherfucker can write, dude, you know, and it's going to be a really great uh, TV show. It's going to be really good, you know. Right on, right on. Yeah, I'm going to definitely, but, um, check those out. We're working on, we're working on Tin Roof. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. But Tin Roof is uh, what we're moving forward. Of course, you know, we, we've got uh, commitments in the meantime, but that's where, you know, we're starting to turn the light to the spotlight, you know, of our focus and our energies towards, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. I mean, in the meantime, I've got, uh, I've I got to leave next, what, next week mm-hmm. to go to New Orleans and, and shoot a film, you know, and... um. It's uh, Laura Duvall, our our DP for Tin Roof. We kind of, you know, the barter system isn't dead in the world. <laughs> so in order to get her and her talents and her gear and her folks to shoot Tin Roof for us, I'm going down and going to blow this character up the fucking water. You know? Yeah, basically we're we're pimping Rob out <laughs> in trade for a DP. Well, not an even trade, but it you know it's somewhat so of a dirty. trade. <laughs> I feel so dirty. <laughs> I believe there's an eight hundred number I should be calling right about now. <laughs> well, it's almost like a win-win though. Like in order for uh, uh, you know t- to use them as a DP, you have to act in something, and then. Uh, in trade, they come up here to work on your film. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what we did. So, uh, that's awesome. You know, uh, she costs, she doesn't cost as much as I do, but she costs, you know, and she's, she's just got great fucking talent. She's got a great eye. I've worked with her before on a, um, uh, what is it like the 48, 48, 48 hour film, film challenge, challenge and shit. Mm. Right. And I didn't want, I, well, number one, I couldn't act in them because they're all non-union, but I wanted to write and that was a hell of an experience. And, uh, you know, that she just got great shots in such a small amount of time with like basically zero planning. And that's the point of the 48 hour, you know, is to just, just fucking shoot, man. Mm -hmm. And just go, go, go balls to the wall. And what she got was fucking magnificent. So like, just like with Beck, with the Obamas, you know, if she had a supporting crew, what could she actually do if she did X right? already? You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, damn, you know, that this girl can get us the shots we fucking want, babe. And she's like, fuck it, let's do it. And that, that's one of the things, it, it was inadvert it inadvertently happened, but uh, for Tin Roof, uh, it's, it's headed by women, straight up. You know, our, our magnificent, brilliant, fantastic, beautiful, lovely, awesome director. No, shush. <laughs> is female. No. It's all accidental, but we're totally going to play it off as like it was all intentional. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, like, you know, really all, all the department heads are women. And I'm really looking forward to how fucking smooth it's going to go because of that. Right on. Because I've worked with so many men that just got, it, it's ego, you know, mm -hmm. it's my dick is bigger than yours and that's all there is to it. Well, yeah, nobody has a dick. So what else we got? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure there's probably like a lot of people that, uh, and you probably get this a lot, but, uh, what are the chances of uh, a happy death day three ever happening? Would you be on board with something like that? If they pay me. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> of course. right? Yeah. I I'd love to, uh, I, I I'd love to, uh, everybody wants to finish the trilogy. Everybody feels that there's a trilogy, you know, it, it deserves a trilogy. Right. Um, so the first one was a bit of, horror a bit of comedy a bit of uh sci-fi a little bit of you know a little bit of everything second one was really more focused on sci-fi uh and i talked to scotty uh the writer of the original a few times about you know writing an r-rated uh tombs origin story and he he was all about it uh I haven't heard much. I haven't heard much uh, from him. He's been jamming busy. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think, uh, you know, the, the folks that I've spoken to at conventions, um, they ask that question quite a bit. And I tell, them, I tell them that bit, and they're like, oh, dude, an R-rated from Bloomhouse would be fucking epic. And, you know, their minds go off, and, you know, they, they picture. And I'm like, yep, I know. Now tell Jason that. Oh <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I would. Definitely He's not a stupid man, obviously. 
So yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I'd be down with a fucking Tomb's origin story, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't like, know if they'd go for it. But then again, you know, I'm sure Chris has ten thousand stories in his head, you know, to finish it off. Right. Yeah, it's probably super busy right now. But you know, I would love to see mm-hmm. you know the third one. He's shooting right now, actually. Oh wow! I you know I would I would love to see it kind of uh, come back to like more or less like the horror side instead of the sci-fi turn that they they took in the second one. Yeah, you're not the only one. <laughs> Believe me, that's what I heard. Yeah. Well, uh, at the same time, you know, you go to a horror convention. And yeah, the second one is more sci-fi than horror. Yeah, you're gonna hear that. So, for sure. Well, uh, as as we kind of wind down here from the show, uh, one of like my final questions for you would be uh, for both of you: uh, What's your favorite Universal monster or Universal monster film? Creature from the Black Lagoon. Universal. Yeah, Universal, like Frankenstein, Dracula, the Universal monsters. Like all the monsters that were in the Monster Squad. Wolfman. Oh, Booberry. Oh. <laughs> Booberry was the shit. You know what I mean? Fuck, yeah. count, fuck count Chocula, man. That dude is a fucking clown. <laughs> yes, yes. That's his answer is Booberry. All right. Um, that's a, hmm. a first here on the Root Horror Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was always more of a Frankenberry. Phantom girl. of the Opera. Well, it's Ooh. not really universal, but you can say that. Of course he is. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. You can say whatever you want. You can say it's America. Baby, you can say Booberry if you want. I did. <laughs> yeah, Phantom of the Opera, because that was the first bad guy character that taught me to be empathetic towards the bad guy. You know, that, you know, uh, the bad guy doesn't, you know, kill the bad guy, you know, pitchforks and, and torches and shit. Yeah, rah, rah, rah. Well, what about his side of the fucking story? And so that was really the first story that I ingested that that really made me feel bad for the bad. I didn't want to kill the bad guy anymore. I wanted to be the bad guy. Interesting. Yeah, that yeah, that, that is very interesting. I never thought of it that way. Yet you have a podcast. <laughs> you swine. We must talk. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. I digress. <laughs> but yeah, for real. Well, uh, me and my dad uh, used to listen to the London cast uh, version of Phantom of the Opera, which is the best in my opinion, and I don't give a fuck. Um, but we used to listen to it in the dark. And, you know, as you, I don't know about you, but for me, when I hear music, especially when it's like a storytelling sort of music, um, you can see it. And so a- as I listened, I saw the whole fucking thing. <clears throat> and I really felt bad for him. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, dude, you gave this chick everything and she fucked you over. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be a little irate myself. I wouldn't necessarily murder people, but, you know, to each his own. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? I, I'm just like, and then when I got to see it, you know, my dad took me to see it. Um, yeah, we, we both, Niagara, wept our asses off. I'm, I'm a squishy fuck, I told you. <laughs> 
but I wept my ass off. Niagara Falls, you know, just because when you when you actually see something in in the corporeal realm that you've only seen in your head, and then there it is. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I lost my shit. Yeah, it you know it, it's kind of like uh, like King Kong in a way. Like you know he. He was doing yeah, everything. Frankenstein, you know. Yeah, like they they kind of all seem to have like a similar formula, but I mean it fucking works. Yeah. Well, it's it's about empathy, you know. If you can empathize with, take the Phantom for instance, or or King Kong, you know, misunderstood, uh, rejected by society, you know. I mean, a massive fucking gorilla, but let's go back to the Phantom, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah through no fault of his own, he was disfigured, you know, and, and so hideous to quote society, which, you know, kind of flows into that, that pig face version, uh, uh, episode of the twilight zone, right. You know, uh, where they reveal the, the surgery to make her normal. And she's this ridiculously beautiful woman by our standards, but by the standards of society at the moment, which they were all pig faces. Yeah, and it was just hideous she was to them. fucking hideous. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, beauty is subjective, so is art. Mm. Yeah, I love it. It's but amazing. Sometimes you just look at somebody and you just see nothing but beauty. <laughs> and that's how we close the show. No. Uh, yes. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh... I, I guess, you know, for, like, you know, the fans listening, uh, is there anything, like, any websites or merch sites that you want uh, want them to check out or, or anything? Yeah, if you go to Facebook, uh, we actually have a group for Tin Roof, so Tin Roof Movie, um, and that's where most of, uh, most of our stuff is, and also where we also highlight the people who are going to be in the movie, like Alain Yudi from... Um, well, she was from the Embalmers, but also my bloody Valentine. Uh, so we, it's where you can kind of keep up with what we're doing and what some of our cast members are doing as well. There you go. All right. All right. Well, awesome. Uh, Rebecca and Rob, or, uh, Rebecca and Rob, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate you guys coming It's, uh, on. Rob and Rebecca, actually. <laughs> Did I fuck <laughs> Did I fuck it up? <laughs> No. Oh, you fucked it all up. You shit the bed, my friend. Oh, fuck. Get off my nipple. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah. Well, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Well, take care of that kiddo, brother. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep all right. you guys in the loop. Thanks for having us. Well, that about concludes the episode. Uh, I just want to say thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, I had a great time talking to Rob and Rebecca about the horror genre and, uh, you know, the films that they've worked on. It's such a fun time uh, just chatting with them. So, uh, again, thank you, Rob and Rebecca, for coming on the show. Uh, it's it's always a blast just, just chatting with you. So, as far as uh, next on the Root Horror Podcast, uh, I have a huge amount of announcement, which I've already uh, announced on social media, but... For those who don't follow me on social media, oh. 
I'll be having actress Sylvia Colatina on the show, and she's been in uh, films such as The House by the Cemetery and Murder Rock, directed by the legendary maestro Lucio Fulci. And uh, she was also in a film before being in Lucio's. Uh, she was in a film called The Great Alligator, directed by another legendary Italian director, Sergio Martino. So I am uh, honored and stoked to uh, have her on the show soon and uh, and just talk talk to her about the horror genre and, and her films that she's been in. So it should be a good time. Also had a director on the show to talk about his films. Jay Crimson comes on the show to talk about his short film, The Witch, and uh, his film, Green Hell, that are both streaming now on the trauma now app and so he talks about those films and talks about uh lloyd kaufman and trauma and also the horror genre so that's going to be another great episode as well and uh more announcements to be made but uh uh in due time here so just you know keep up to date with uh everything on the root horror podcast on social medias as in like facebook twitter instagram at Root Horror Podcast on Twitter, we're at Root Horror Pod, and uh, for everything else, websites, links to pretty much anything else, you can go to www.linktree.com forward slash Root Horror Podcast, and just you know keep up to date with everything that we're doing and uh, for future guest announcements and and so forth. So uh, that about wraps up the episode. Uh, just want to uh, again thank Nightlight for providing music to the show. You can check out their band camp. I'll leave the address in the show notes as well if you want to check out some of their music. And, uh, and you know, as well as the links to uh, some of Rob and Rebecca's uh, work as well. So, uh, with all that said, uh, thank you so much and stay tuned for the next one.
You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.